Hi, and welcome to Voice of the Artist Dance Edition, where we're listening to the thoughts and perspectives of dance artists and dance professionals through and beyond their creative work. I'm Sandy Rosine, Creative Director at Bez Arts Hub, and we're glad you've joined us. Hi everyone, this is Sandy Rosine and we are doing Voice of the Artist Dance Edition podcast today and uh, we we are going to talk today about somatic movement with our special guest Teresa Ojinma, is that correct? Yeah. Yes, Ojinma. (laughs) Ojinma. And uh, we're hoping that our co-host, Danielle, will be able to join us eventually. Right now, she's having some technical issues, but um, we're going to go ahead and start without her. And I'm going to do just a quick little introduction to uh, Teresa. She is a clinical exercise physiologist, kinesiologist, certified essential somatics movement teacher. Um, And she has a master's degree with an internship in corporate wellness. That's pretty awesome. Um, Teresa started in sports with a love of human movement, and she now has her own business, Home Fitness Plus, uh, where she focuses on personal training and rehab services, and also microcurrent therapy and somatic education. Um, Her mission, I love this from your website, Teresa, um, is to empower people through love, relationship, connection, education, application, and practice. That's a mouthful. Um, To know and understand the responsibility we have as human beings to gain a greater self-awareness that leads to transformation, restoration, healing, freedom, and success in all areas of life. That's huge. (laughs) (laughs) You kind of cover everything with that. (laughs) So um, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your journey um, to doing what you now do with bodies? How did you kind of start in that direction? You know, what were kind of the revelations or bumps on the road, whatever, to get you to what you're now doing? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I started in 2014, my own business in exercise, well, in kinesiology. I I lived abroad, actually. I was living in five different countries because oh, wow. I studied. Yeah, I did my master's degree in Italy, and then I did my internship in California, and then I moved to the Netherlands, and I taught... Uh, math and uh, actually like a teacher on call for all subjects in the Netherlands in an international secondary school. And then from there, I moved to South Korea and taught English. So when I moved back to Canada, I, I had my first child. And then in between there, I wanted to get back into what I loved, which was um, teaching human movement. So I went and did uh, my certification as a certified or as a clinical exercise physiologist with the Canadian Society of Exercise Physiology. Um, I was looking for a certification that was national, nationally recognized because mm. we had moved to BC, but I wasn't sure if we were going to stay in this province. So that's how I ended up studying with the CSEP. Um, so I got my certification and, and, and also it widened or broadened my scope of practice. So 
as a kinesiologist in order to do um, the clinical exercise physiology certification. You needed to have the four-year degree, so you needed to have the kin degree or in human kinetics. And then um, this widened the scope, meaning you I could work with children or special population groups pre pre and postpartum or pregnancy, um, wow. people with heart disease, diabetes, uh, old age, like older adults, because there's a, you know, just as a regular personal trainer or kinesiologist, there are, um, there are limits to the scope of practice. So this kind of, I wanted to broaden my um, scope of practice. So that's why I did that. And I did that in 2010 and I got my certification in 2011. And then from there, I had my second child. So I stayed home with my children, actually. And um, and then in 2014, I, I started my own business because I, after my second child, I went back about two years or a year and a half after um, the, he was born, my son. I went back to the gym and I started working on the gym. And I realized uh, they set me up with a personal trainer and I was feeling really intimidated. And I thought, oh, you know, how many other women feel intimidated mm. after giving birth? And then, I mean, where do you put your children? Because they had child minding, but then that's another cost. And I thought, wouldn't it be neat if uh, I could help women in their homes bring the exercises, you know, bring this service yeah. to them in their home. If they have a six by six, six foot space and they have, you know, they could have their children right next to them and they could be exercising. So that's how my business started as Home Fitness Plus. I was going to be cool. a mobile business. And then um, in 2017, I reached out to my mentor, who's Brian Justin. He's an instructor at, at the University of Fraser Valley for just some coaching, some more, you know, learning some more tools from him. And he said, uh, why don't you come? I'm learning. He was studying the clinical somatic educator uh, course and he said why don't you be one of my practice clients you'll be able to learn while you're um, doing the sessions with me I thought oh that's great I'd love to learn this so it was in those clinical sessions with Brian that I discovered somatic movement education and I discovered the missing link of between movement and healthcare and the awareness we're missing the awareness piece when we're teaching movement mm. so that was I was fascinated. I was, uh, I wanted to learn more. I found things within my own body, like old injuries, a 20 plus year old injury when I um, injured my back playing volleyball. I bulged a disc when I was 17 and I thought that was all healed up. And I realized I actually was disconnect. So I didn't have conscious connection and awareness to those muscle patterns along that injured um, group of muscles so the leg and the and the shoulder so that was that that sent me into somatic movement education so I went and did the fundamentals I just full force went and got my certification and it was offered here in North Van I thought when is it ever going to be offered in North Van I have to jump on this opportunity so I went and got my certification and I completed it in 2019 and then I was teaching classes and I was teaching one-on-one -on -one, and then COVID hit and uh, then I, I pivoted my business and I brought went online and taught classes online because uh, you can learn this practice. It's very effective online because we learn through audible commands. So I don't have, uh, I don't demonstrate. Yeah. It's not like um, in a gym where you have to demonstrate exercises. So I realized this is very effective um, 
to do online and from a distance just as much as it is in person. So that's how it shifted to an online thing. And then in 2019, also, I was introduced to microcurrent. And that's how I got. So my business started shifting (laughs) into somatics and microcurrent in 2019. Okay, so let's let's pause just for a minute. And, you know, there's a lot of um, somatic things because we're finally talking about our bodies. Um, and that now is kind of a catchphrase for many things that people are doing. So your particular practice of somatic movement, how does it differ from what people talk about with regard to somatics and somatic movement in a gen- more general term? What, what's different about your particular practice? It's different in a sense that we're, it's a neuromuscular type training. So we're addressing movement that is habitually stuck in the subconscious mind. So most of the time, most of our, the time we're operating, like 95% of the time we're operating in the subconscious, mm-hmm. things that are um, habituated in our bodies and in our minds and our thoughts and our beliefs and all of that. So um, these reflexive patterns, somatic movement, I actually should back up a little bit. Um, the somatic movement that I taught was Hannah Somatics and Thomas Hannah was the founder of Hannah Somatics. And um, he, he found that there, the body goes into three major reflexes due to injury, illness, trauma, stress. And these reflexive patterns get stuck. And then that's what creates discomfort, dysfunction, tension, pain in the body. So this somatic movement education addresses the physiology. We use movement because it's so intricately connected to the nervous system to teach the brain how to gain conscious control of those muscles that are stuck in a habituated pattern in the subconscious bring it into the conscious mind, release it, lengthen it, and completely relax it. Huh. So that's, so that's, that's where, a, yeah, that's a really important key. Um, I'm, uh, you know, just to, to um, express too that I've been in your class in the last number of months, and this is a whole new concept in my mind. Um, the whole idea of unconscious habitual movement um, muscles, specifically just muscles that keep contracting and don't stop contracting because um, they, you know, our way of, of um, um, dealing with our bodies is to hold tension and to, you know, all those kinds of things. So what you're talking about is this whole idea of starting to make the mind conscious of all those places where we're holding this these tensed muscles in our body and now um, finding a way for the mind to understand how to control them consciously. So I'm just reiterating what you've already said because I think that um, it is a it is such a different and a new concept. Um, I'm probably gonna like just, um, diverge a little bit because um, you come from an athletic background and our voice of the artist dance edition is talking to dancers specifically. Um, so um, you you have been working with us as a group of dancers recently. So what do you see 
um, about somatic movement that can help dancers? What is it that that you have seen with dancers um, that that somatic movement could be useful for? It's useful for making that connection with the brain and the, well, with the mind and the patterns that are stuck in the brain to teach the body how to move more efficiently, more effectively, um, because we can't think a thought without moving a muscle and we can't move a muscle without making new neurological pathways in the brain. So as a dancer and as actually anything that requires our performance, which I mean, it's everything in life, right? If you, if you need to give a speech, if you need to write a test, if you need to, you know, perform in a game, you need to perform on stage, you need to sing, whatever it is, we need to have that conscious awareness of our bodies. So this is where you become more efficient, more empowered in your movement. And also if you're an instructor of dance, knowing this practice will actually give you the tools to help your students be better performers or better dancers because you're allowing them to get in touch with the brain, the, the, their minds that are controlling the muscles. And that's what's going to make for a better performer or for a better dancer. So, and I'm honestly, I have to say, <laughs> teaching you all is very easy because you're very, you're very movement literate. So um, teaching the somatics class to dancers is, is, is wonderful because I uh, can see how dancers are already, they already have that, that somatic connection. Yeah. Um, this just allows for more, yeah. Yeah, more connection and, and to increase performance. Yeah. And I, and I think the thing that has struck me about it is that um, because there's so much unconsciously going on in my body that I don't realize sometimes when I'm about to go into a movement that um, that particular muscle I'm about to use is tight. Um, specifically, I think of back um, and shoulders um, is a big one because that's where I hold all my stress. Um, that I'll go into a movement, the back muscles and shoulder muscles are already tight or already activated from the stress that I'm experiencing. So then when I go into a particular movement, that those muscles aren't free to, to move their full capacity because um, you've described it like this, that the muscle is already doing this um, and, and it needs to be this in order to have its full power to do whatever movement I'm doing. Um, can you kind yeah. of describe how how that happens with somatic movement? What what it is that you do taking the muscle from being like this to then being like mm -hmm. this, so that it can activate? Yeah. So we use a movement technique called pendiculation, which is I mean animals do it up to forty two times a day. It it's what it is is bringing. The, it turns the mind onto that conscious awareness of those muscles in the subconscious. So there's three phases to appendiculation. In phase one, there's taking the muscle into a contraction a little stronger or a little more than it already is. And in that phase one is the awakening, it's the reawakening of the conscious mind to the muscles that are already contracted and tight. And then in phase two, it's a slow and mindful 
lengthening. So you do this. Once your brain has conscious control of that muscle or voluntary control, it can now lengthen back to resting length. And then in the third phase is a complete letting go or relaxation. So letting the muscle or letting the brain learn how to relax those muscles again, because when they're stuck in a habituated contraction, the brain forgets how to relax. And that's called sensory motor amnesia, which is another term that Thomas Hanna um, created or came up with to explain how the brain forgets to connect or relax tight muscles. Huh. And, and what I've appreciated, too, about this understanding of, of becoming aware of the tight muscles is that a lot of the time you talk about um, green light and red light. I'm going to get you to talk about those. Um, but that um, they are actually all of our innate responses to um, things that are terrifying um, things that are stressful, putting us on our guard. Um, they're actually all the natural processes that happen in our bodies throughout a day. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so the, um, they're not anything necessarily that um, we need to um, stop doing. They're, they're actually important things. But what happens is that when we are chronically in those states we forget to completely go to a relaxation. So maybe describe what the red light, green light part of it is um, so that, that we can start to become aware of how that manifests itself in our bodies. Yeah, so Thomas Hanna discovered that our bodies go into three major reflexes due to stress, injury, trauma, and the first one is, the, so the green light you talked about, green light reflex is affects all the muscles in the back of our body. And it's also referred to as the Landau reflex, which happens at about between four to six months of age when a baby is on the floor doing tummy time and they hear their mother's voice, they lift their head up. And mm -hmm. that lifting of the head actually elicits, that's, that's the Landau reflex that elicits the contraction of all the muscles in the back and that's and, and, and reflexes we don't have they're they're innate right they were born yeah. with them we don't yeah. have control over them they just happen mm -hmm. um so then there's the second one which is the red light reflex which is all the muscles in the front of the body and that's also referred to as the startle reflex so that's a protective reflex and it's in response to fear anxiety um sadness, depression. Also, we can create these reflexive patterns by holding a posture for long periods of time. So for example, long haul drivers or people that sit at a computer, they're actually creating that red light response by being in this posture for prolonged periods of time. So it doesn't necessarily have to be reflexive. It could be just from habituated a habituated posture causing those muscles to contract in that in that pattern. And then the, the, the third one is the trauma reflex, which can happen anywhere in the body, but visually it shows up on one side or the other. So it kind of looks like a contraction or a lowering from the center of the body of the, of the shoulder, or maybe a hip hiking, causing an imbalance in leg length or in shoulder height. 
So these are, because they're reflexive patterns, we don't have, we, they're going on without our awareness. And when they build up, like you said, they create tension in the body. They have, um, they create pain. So what the somatics practice, the power of knowing somatic movement education is we can have our, we can have control over those reflexes rather than those reflexes controlling us. So it's getting that conscious awareness of those contracted patterns, learning how to release, lengthen and relax out of them. And then being free, being able to function without being in pain. And that's, so that's addressing those three reflexes. That's the power of somatic movement. And we, you know, it's a tool in your toolbox is what I like to say. It's a tool in your toolbox. It's kind of like the, the fundamental um, education to movement. It's kind of like you need to be able to know what your body's doing in order to move it effectively and efficiently. Because what happens as we age, a lot of us, we kind of cut awareness about right here. And then we're just kind of aware of what's happening here and not what's happening in our bodies. And then when we get to be 40, 50 years old, we're expecting our body to do what we want it to do. And it's not doing that anymore mm. <laughs> because yeah. we've lost that connection with our physiology. So this gets right. us back into our body, back into the self-awareness so that we can address those tight muscles and the pain, chronic pain or whatever it is that's happening. Excellent. Um, and when I think of it, um, you know, as dancers, one of the main, main things we do as dancers is stretching, which stretching has its place. That's really important. Um, but somatic movement actually does the opposite. So can you unpack that for us? Yes. So stretching, well, I'm going to, different or I'm going to compare static stretching with somatics so it's not I'm I'm not um, talking about all stretching because there's proprioceptive neuromuscular um, feedback or which is the PNF stretch there's active isolated stretch so there's different types of stretching that are appropriate in certain times but static stretching when we're when we feel tight the first instinct or the first thing we want to do is pull on a muscle so we want to you know passively pull on it so that it feels better but what we're actually doing is activating the stretch reflex which is which is just a feedback loop in the spine it doesn't reach the central nervous system hmm. so what happens is when we when we pull on a muscle we activate the stretch reflex and the stretch reflex is a protective reflex so it it triggers the golgi tendon bodies and to cause the muscle to contract back so that we don't over um, stretch the muscle away from the bone, right? We, we, the body has that in there to protect it so we're not um, injuring the muscles. Right. So when we're doing somatics, we're actually, when you have a tight muscle, it's the, it's the opposite. Instead of pulling away or trying to, you know, lengthen it, we're, we go into the tightness. So you contract into that tight area, get the brain, get the brain connecting, reawakening the mind to those tight muscles, and then releasing, lengthening, relaxing, and completely letting go. So with somatics, there's a learning involved. There's a learning is happening because it's going to the central nervous system. Whereas with stretching, there's no learning. It's just passing through a reflex loop in the spine. So when there's learning involved, there's also remodeling of tissue. And that's where the power of somatics comes in. Wow. Wow. 
remodeling of tissue, meaning meaning yeah. giving it giving it a new understanding of how, how it activates. Is that is that kind of what it is? Yeah, and yeah. and the muscle is actually changing oh, because good. as you're lengthening, you know, as the muscle is lengthening, it's also making changes. There's there's going to be more blood flow. There's going to be more um, oxygen to the tissues. You're just going to have a healthier, um, and, and then, you know, the body will, there's a remodeling of the tissues there because you're changing the length at, at um, a neural level, the level of your mind Yeah, and your mind is powerful. Yeah. <laughs> so that's wow. another thing, the, you know, the, the mind controls, you know, is your, is your control center and controls everything. It has that's that, that um, phrase mind over matter yeah. is 100% true. Hmm. And that's basically what, what we're doing in somatic movement. Wow. I love this. I, I think that um, there are so many misconceptions about how our body functions on the muscular level. And, and, um, and I do feel, because I see so many dance injuries, um, there are so many ways that we're actually fighting against how how we can you know normally um, keep our bodies healthy as movers. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question to you would then be, what are some of the common issues you see people overcome because of somatic movement? What are some of the common issues? The most common is back pain. Okay. Because back pain is a real big. A lot of people have like it's eighty, but I think it's eighty percent of the population that have back pain. So back pain is a huge one, and also joint overall like joint pain. So the shoulder pain, hip issues, knee issues, balance issues. Well, you've even described things like plantar fasciitis as, yes. as so, being overcome by doing this. Yeah, yeah, and it's connected to the green light reflex. So the muscles in in the posterior part of the body in the back, whenever there's tightness under in the, in the plantar fasciitis is usually most likely a result of tight back and Mm -hmm. muscles that are not um, being used or activated properly from the waist and hips. And that same goes with any kind of foot issues. So if people with orthotics um, right away, the, they're just addressing the periphery, they're addressing the foot. And in actual fact, a lot of um, orthotic problems or foot problems, foot pains come from not uh, functioning well at the center of the body. Because one of the principles of somatics too is that we move from center to periphery. And once our brain is in connection to the muscles at the center of our body, our arms and legs follow freely. But when we're stuck in the center, that's when we get injuries in our periphery because we're not freely moving from the origin. And that's that's huge when it comes to feet, even head, neck, like neck, um, any kind of neck pain or neck injury. If someone has had whiplash, that's huge. There's a lot of sensory motor amnesia because the brain right away wants to guard the neck muscles. They want and wants to guard the head because this is where the, the command center is. <laughs> this yeah. is where, you know, the brain is. So it's can it's it will tighten those neck muscles and it will guard and protect also we call it somatic retraction so it's and it and that's a reflex too the body has its way of protecting itself the using the mind and using 
um, you know, the reflexes too, so that we don't injure it again. Yeah. Well, let's go into that. Let's talk a little bit about how our mental and physical health kind of overlaps, you know, in this, in this whole area of somatic movement, how our, um, what's happening with our mental health is connected to something happening physical, how that causes physical ailment, and then also how dealing with it can help with mental health. Yeah, so because somatic movement uses the sensory motor feedback loop, and as I mentioned before, we can't think a thought without moving a muscle and we can't move a muscle without um, making neurological pathways in the brain. Our emotions also come into play and they also affect our physiology. So addressing these, um, and actually in, I worked with um, a psychologist very, very briefly, just went in for an observation um, with a client and I think what a lot of psychologists and, and counselors and um, psychiatrists are, are recognizing or coming to realize is that talk therapy is not enough. Just working with the psychology is not enough because there's trauma that's stuck and, and the nervous system has remembered that is stuck in the physiology. It's in the body. We, we experience life as a whole person. We, we, we're not into, we're, we're three part being, we're spirit, mind and body. And we experience life in these and we can't, they can't be separated. So when something happens to us, it's actually an organic experience, like our whole organism, the whole, whole of us um, is affected. So this is where with somatics, when we're addressing the physiology, it can trigger a psychological trauma trigger um, and then if the person is aware and knows what to do with it they can also you know let it go like a lot of the um, when in the third phase where I say where we teach to relax let let go um, of the contraction right let go of the work is sort of when that mental um, uh, issue comes up or mental trauma trigger the person can make a choice around it because now it's there and it's it's brought to the brought to the conscious mind. Like, oh, the body reminded the mind of, of a trauma, and then they can either whatever needs to be done. Right? They can forgive, they can uh, let it go, and realize that and reconceptualize around that that um, trigger. Yeah. So that and and also another thing because I was in the gym a lot. Yeah. <laughs> is that there's the opposite. So that was the psychological, you know, just addressing the psych psychological and not the physical. Well, I saw the opposite where people come to the gym to address the physical, you know, I'm going to get rid of the stress. I'm just going to have a good workout. Or I'm just going to jump on a machine or, you know, work out the body to relieve stress. But if you don't address the psychology, the brain will remind the body. So this is where that feedback loop comes in. If you have trauma and you're just addressing one part, the mind will remind the body of the trauma if you're just addressing the body. And if you're just addressing the mind, the body will remind the mind of the trauma. So we have wow. to heal ourselves on a whole holistic level. Yeah. Yes, that's wow. why my business is based on a holistic because I realized 
you know, this doctors are not taught or they just, you know, actually, yeah, in school, they're not taught to really sit with their patients and know their story. They're just taught to identify signs and symptoms and address the signs and symptoms. But if they actually sat with patients and got to hear their story, they would glean so much information into why an illness has occurred. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, it's so fascinating to me that it's taken us, I mean, obviously, um, probably at the turn of the 20th century, when we started having medical schools, we stepped away from what we had already been doing holistically. There, you know, there, it was a holistic medical field back in the day, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we stepped away from it. Now, trying to go back to it, um, our challenge is that we keep... Um, we keep prescribing muscle relaxants. We keep prescribing um, anxiety reducers. We, you know, all those kinds of things come out of the medical field, which is helpful in the in the short term. Um, but in the long term, what you're talking about is is how we actually need to to deal with every part of it, um, and and make sure that in order to prevent the the whole thing from happening again, you know, prevention rather than treatment, (laughs) um, that there's a whole other series of strategies that we can deal with. And, um, you know, this is, this has been, you know, one of my passions has, has been to, you know, how do we keep these links happening? What are the ways in which, um, you know, my, one of my practices has been to take the emotions that are coming up and how do we begin to express and exercise those through movement? Um, Mm -hmm. And, and so all these things are playing into that dynamic. I mean, we obviously are talking all the time about mind body now, um, (laughs) but I, I love that, that what you're talking about is a fully physical response to something that changes our neural, our mental understanding of things immediately. Um, mm-hmm. Even even the whole idea of of that complete rest. When you say let the work go, it's almost like saying to us, "It's safe. You don't have to be on your guard anymore. It's safe. You're okay, and you yeah. can let the, you can stop working at trying to keep yourself protected." Is that kind of what you've seen with people? Yes. And that, um, that is huge. And that's what I want to create in my classes is to have create a space of love and of safety where people can let, you know, let go of the tensions, let go of the worries and everything, the anxieties of daily life and just be with themselves for an hour and, you know, and just enjoy how wonderfully we're made. Yeah. And it's very fascinating. And yeah, I mean, letting, letting go of the tension, letting go of, you know, that is, that is huge in this practice. Yeah. And um, that's where we get freedom. And and somatics is about getting freedom. It is about getting freedom in, in the body and in the whole self, actually, that's, that's another thing that drew me to it was the fact that it's holistic. We're not just um, 
you know, like before I'm teaching people how to move and I'm focusing on exercise and, and nutrition, you know, just, just two things. This is external, but there's more to our being. There's more to human beings than just the external. There's all these other, um, all these other parts, the emotional, the spiritual, the mental parts that we that need to be addressed. And somatics is, is a tool that we can use. Yeah. It's it's quite remarkable to me. Um, <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I wanted to add to sure. um, about that. Back onto that thought is that people forget how to relax too. So that's part of a sensory motor amnesia. And in that last, I've had um, students say to me, "Oh, Teresa, you know, it's so good when you tell us to let you know let go of the tension or let go of the work." And but I can't, <laughs> right? Yeah. The, there's, there's in the beginning when, when they come to somatic movement classes, some of them simply can't relax. They're in green light or they're in, in um, high stress all the time. Then the, the brain forgets how to relax. And they are conscious of that. When you slow down, take your time and allow yourself to be in these, uh, to be with yourself, you recognize that, wow, you know, I can't, I can't relax yet. I always yeah. say, yeah. you know, this is, this is, you're learning, right? You're, you're just teaching your brain how to relax again. It's just forgotten. That's another way sensory motor amnesia shows up is the brain has forgotten how to relax yeah. and we have to learn again. Yeah. But what, it, you know what I love about it? I mean, um, psychologists have talked about, talked about this is that when people are, are in that red light response, like, something terrifying is happening and so you need to protect um, that or you need to it's fight or flight you need to run um, which I don't know is that green light or red light then <laughs> the run <laughs> the flight it's green light it's green the, light. the run is green light it's, yeah. it's all three okay because if you're it's all tra yeah. connected trauma yeah but what what <laughs> you know what psychologists have discovered is that if a person can then just get up in the counseling session and run on the spot that the physical activation of the muscles helps the brain to go okay we're getting away we've we've got agency in order to deal with this crisis and I wonder if something similar is happening um, when you're, you're you know, asking your students to tighten their muscles, that it's kind of got that same effect. Okay, you've got agency, you're activating those muscles that help you to get out of danger, and now it's the terror is gone and now you can relax. I wonder, do you think that that's also what's happening? when those muscles are being activated, kind of a similar thing to running? Um, I'm not sure. I, I think it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a reflexive response to run. Same, same what's happening when we're, um, when we're exposed to, to danger, when, when there's something threatening coming yeah. after us. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we're, that's what the body naturally does is to, to tense up. So, yeah. yeah, I would say, yeah, that's what's happening. Yeah. yeah, and and there are you know if, if there is a lot of trauma, um, some students maybe can't make it through a whole session, and that's okay because it's a lot for the for the mind. Yeah. Um, and it's you know it's, this this is the another thing I like about somatic movement education is there's no judgment, there's no right or wrong, 
There's no shoulds or shouldn'ts. There's no, um, this is how you do it. It's, it's all about how am I moving? How is my body moving from the inside out? Yeah. You know, and discovering how does my body move? Not looking at someone else and how they're moving. How does my body move and how can I move well in the body that I have? Yeah. Yeah. And what I love also about what part of what you do is that you have the students kind of walk and feel their body prior to the exercises that you do. And then afterwards, um, kind of check in again. So what you're always watching your class when that happens. So what is it that you see um, in change from the beginning of a class to the end of a class? What do you often see when you're watching the, the class check in with themselves again? So we do this. The SOMA scan is for your own benchmark or measurement because the practice is first person perspective. And it's unique because of that. Mm-hmm. So for example, when I'm training clients, I can do third-person measurements. I can measure, you know, uh, a waist girth. I could measure someone's, you know, do a fitness test. I can measure, you know, there's there's things that are measurable on the outside. But with somatics, because it's first person, we do a soma, what's called a soma scan. And it's just a check-in of where you are when you begin or when you come in. And then when you do the movements, at the end of the class, we do the soma scan again, which is a check-in of, okay, what's different? What's shifted? What's changed from when I first um, did the check-in, did the soma scan before class? And then you can, that's that's a way of measuring. Because if you didn't do it and you just kind of got down to the movements, got back up, you may not catch any differences. You may not sense anything different because you haven't taken that time to focus Huh. inward and get that sense get that benchmark they're like what what are my feet doing what are my knees doing what are my hips doing and then and then you can check that again so what happens is what I see is a lot of freedom huh. <laughs> so you know the, the walking around at the beginning of class there could be tightness in the center you know tight shoulders not not too much movement facial expressions you know a little bit contracted and tight and then at the end of class, there's there's rotation, there's you know, swinging of arms, and I can I can see a shift in the soma. So the soma just means living body, in it's Greek word for living body, and that's what somatics is addressing, and that's what's constantly changing because that's you on the inside. Hmm. So for example, when my students come in, a third person perspective, I recognize their bodies, I know who they are from the outside, but as a somatic movement teacher. I know that each and every person in there, they're coming in as different somas. So mm. even though I may teach a similar movement, they're going to experience it differently depending on what they've encountered in the last week or from the last time they did their own somatic practice. Mm. So that's that's what's changing is your, your inner self. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's that's completely different than than a lot of the strategies that we have, um, especially with regard to dancers, where so much is being put on us that we start to lose track of what's going on in us. 
Mm-hmm. And, and uh, particularly because there's such a, an emphasis to push through, keep doing, I mean, this, this is athletes too, push through, yeah. you know, <laughs> keep it going, whatever. Um, so to, to be able to take a moment to go, oh man, I'm always tightening my shoulders. Um, and to start to become aware of those things, um, you know, obviously the amnesia that we have, the number of times since I've been taking somatic movement, the number of times I'm making dinner, I'm going, oh my goodness, my shoulders are tense the whole time I'm making dinner. Like, why is that always happening? And that, that yeah. beginning to be aware of just all the everyday ways that, that my body is compensating for internal cues that are happening and it's responding to it unconsciously, um, but how then it's, it's debilitating my, the freedom of my movement in, in just an <laughs> everyday way is quite remarkable. And so I'm sure you've so seen that. Yeah. I'm glad you shared that. I'm glad you shared that, Sandy, because it shows the, that this is an education. Mm-hmm. It's not just you, it's not a fitness class. Yeah, it's not an exercise class. It's an education. And that's why I don't teach drop in classes, Hmm. because it's it you wouldn't go sign up for a college course and, you know, six week course and go, I'm only going to show up for one day. Right. (laughs) And you're going to miss out. Right. So that's, that's, that's the that's the whole part about, you know, having a series of classes and attending the classes. And what you're doing is you're cultivating a self awareness. Right. So you do the work on the mat. But then the power, the empowerment throughout your day-to-day life is where off the mat is that self-awareness is where the empowerment happens. Because now just cooking, well, you're not doing somatics, you were cooking, but Mm -hmm. you're aware you're tightening muscles. Mm -hmm. That came from doing the work in the somatics class. Hmm. That came from doing the education, you know, taking that time to be with yourself, to learn about yourself. And now when you're doing day-to-day tasks, you're recognizing, you know, tight muscles that are turning on when you don't really want them to. Yeah. But that's, then you know what to do, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I feel like, oh, I can just relax. <laughs> I gotta relax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or driving at a stoplight. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So there's one other area I want to talk about because dancers are completely dependent on their feet, like, like athletes. But we there there is such a lack of awareness of what's happening with our feet. So can you tell us a little bit about um, what you've talked to us about with regarding shoes and being aware of our feet and our toes and metatarsals and all of that? Can you just talk a little bit about that? Because I think that'll be really helpful for dancers to understand how to keep um, health in their feet. Yeah, so I taught the last or in the fall a class on the foot somatics, and I had you getting intimate with your feet, right? Bringing an awareness to your feet. You were touching your toes, you were touching, and that the foot actually, the movement of the foot actually begins at the knee. So I had you touching the muscles all the way up your shin and then down into the front of your feet and into your toes. Um, Just getting that awareness of the foot and how the foot moves the toes and also the individualizing each toe because when we put our feet in shoes, we actually paralyze them. Our brain just sees the toe, the foot as a block. 
because that's how we are moving in day to day when our feet are in shoes. So if you look at um, places where people walk in bare feet a lot, you'll notice that their toes are actually spread more than people uh, that live in um, places where their feet are in shoes. So, and when you go to move like say a toe and your brain, you're, you, you're sending the signal to your, and you probably experienced this when we did the class, you're sending the signal to move a toe and it's like they're all just moving as one block. There's no differentiation. And that's another thing with somatic movement education is we can differentiate, teach differentiation of movement so the brain sees it as separate. And so going back to the importance of having that connection with your feet, like I said earlier with the orthotics, is that the movement of our feet are dependent on the movement of our center. So how free the waist and hips are. So if your waist and hips are tight, then the feet are limited. Hmm. And, and so the, the way to, to deal with that is actually to begin to, uh, when you I'm just going to unpack what you've said, um, to start to differentiate between the toes. So you actually get us to, um, you know, massage all or just feel our toe all the way from the metatarsal down to the phalanges. Um, yeah. And, and start to get the brain understanding the differentiation between the toes so that they're, yeah. they move more freely and individually, like our fingers do. Like we do that more with our fingers because yeah. they're not in mittens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> and 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 so it is actually to start to get our feet doing that and I'm, and I'm thinking as dancers what that then does is it gives us a um, um, just a, an optimal contact with the floor when we're engaging with the floor and less potential injury because then our feet aren't functioning like blocks they're now functioning yeah. with the the um, malleableness that they are built for. Is that kind of the main thing that, that the aim is when you're talking, dealing with your feet somatically? Yes, and, and the whole body. Mm -hmm. You're just getting that conscious awareness so that you can perform better yeah. because you have, your, your movement becomes more intelligent. Yeah. That, that, you know, Thomas Hanna was his, he was a philosopher, he was a philosopher first and his biggest question was why are, why are people not free? Hmm. Why do they end up, um, you know, in their old age, kind of in that senile hunched over posture or slow and stiff? And he, you know, he, he, he thought we, we're intellectual beings. We have this, you know, God-given capacity to have more you know his in his words it was like we have the intellectual capacity for freedom why yeah. are we not free <laughs> yeah so it's like <laughs> you know and that's what this is when you can become more aware of your feet and i i guess to the dancers who are listening you know walking around your home in bare feet is a good practice which is a good practice because you're working um your the muscles in your feet you're getting you know you're you're getting to sense the bones touching the floor you know the pads of your the foot pads and all that you, there's more of a sensory contact and awareness with the floor um, and with your movement so that's also really helpful to not have your feet in shoes a lot 
Yeah. When you when you don't have to, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I mean, it's made a huge difference for me. I'm in my bare feet all the time in my house now. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to say. Um but I do want to make a plug for your business because I think any of the dancers out there or others who um, recognize that this would be a helpful thing for them, um, just to mention again that your business is called Home Fitness Plus. And what's your website there? Is homefitnessplus.ca. Okay. Um, and, and again, you, you are dealing with personal training, rehab services, this somatic movement, and also microcurrent therapy, which we'll have to talk about another time because that's a whole <laughs> other territory. Um, yeah. um, but is there anything else you wanted to mention before we sign off? Just knowing that we have this education and um, Thomas Hanna didn't have a chance to get it into the um, educational, you know, academic forum. Yeah. Uh, but, but right now, Brian, Justin, my mentor, who I told you about who introduced me to somatic movement is working to get somatic movement into the academic forum at the university of the Fraser Valley, um, by incorporating it into, uh, as a course nice. with, you know, melding it with the exercise and fitness to teach kinesiologists. And I think, I think all, anyone who teaches movement, physiotherapists, fitness instructors, kinesiologists, personal trainers, um, any kind of movement instructors and teachers, Tai Chi or whatever, uh, this is the, like, essential. (laughs) I just feel like this is, this is even, you know, the fundament, even before all of those things, somatics comes as the fundamental foundation to movement because we have that, we have to get that awareness in order to move freely and to move intelligently because, you know, even athletes, there's parts of your body that need to relax when another one is, is contracting and, and activating, yeah. right? And to, to be able to inhibit and activate opposite parts or different parts, that's where the intelligence of movement comes in. And that's where the increase in performance comes in. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I really want to, yeah, I'd like to really stress that this is, you know, not um you know um, another movement class this is really an education for any mover or movement teacher and it just adds to what what you're already doing it's a tool in your toolbox that you can have for yourself and also for those you're teaching fantastic fantastic well, thank you, Teresa. It's really great to have this long conversation, and I hope we have another one because I feel like um, there's a whole a whole bunch of things that you you can unpack with regard to how we do all this in a in a more healthy way, and that dancers and movers and people in general just um, will be able to live out through their bodies in healthier ways. So thank you so much. Um, for those of you thank you for having me yeah well I'm glad and sorry we didn't get Danielle on but um, hopefully she'll be able to watch this after the fact (laughs) and uh, we look forward to seeing you again thank you so much Teresa take care thank you you too bye-bye 
Thanks so much for joining us on Voice of the Artist Dance Edition. Voice of the Artist is a production of Bez Arts Hub and works in conjunction with many other dance organizations and studios. To respond to us or let us know what other topics you'd like us to cover, email hello at bezartshub.com. For more information about us, go to bezartshub.com dance. We'll see you next time.